you have your Bibles, turn to the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. Wasn't that a blessing? I tell you what, there's no greater place to raise a family than Whitfield Baptist Church. Amen? Seems like I've been here since a child. <laughs> That's not exactly right. I was 27 years old, had a full head of black hair when I started this church. Now look at me. <laughs> Amen. It's good to see uh, Ashley and the children. I think uh, Brother Stephen, of course, is not skipping church. He's out on deputation. They're getting ready to go to Argentina. I have some more visitors over here. Appreciate you. And I uh, appreciate uh, Brother Scott being back with us. He has been through it. I'll tell you what, I didn't know what was going to go on next, but uh, he's back with us and uh, he's getting better. Right, Brother Scott? Getting better. Say amen under that mass. Amen. I found a new uh, uh, use for these masks, praise God. And uh, my wife was wiping the tears away with, uh, with hers, amen, during that singing. <laughs> so that's one thing you can use it for right there, praise God. But uh, Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. I'm going to preach a 7-11 sermon, amen. It's like some of those contemporary songs. They got seven words, repeat them 11 times. You know, no message at all. It's just seven words, repeat it 11 times. And so they're 7-11 songs, but... Uh, I appreciate a song like that, and I appreciate a family that will sing like that. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. You know, we live in perilous times. We live in violent times, wicked times. And, um, you know, in times like these, we need a Savior. But also, we need, as Brother Alex said, we need to uh, be very compassionate with one another. I was looking at the riots the other day in Atlanta. I don't know how y'all do it, Brother Mark, but uh, these state troopers and policemen were get cussed at, called everything in the book, and they were in their face. And I want to tell you something. You might as well not put me on that line, because I'm going to break line. I'll probably i backslid. I'll, I'll apologize to God afterwards, but I'd take that little shield I had, and they wouldn't, say, they wouldn't say too much, I guarantee you. And I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong, but I thank God for the restraint. Now, if a policeman can do that with a uh, guy that's, cussing him out, I'm sure we can be tolerant with each other, amen, and we can, you know, be patient and kind and considerate, so while the world's falling apart, let's don't fall apart, let's get closer together, amen, let's work together, let's win souls, and I love you and appreciate you, I believe it's the best church in the world to pastor, I preach pastor to another one, uh, this is it, I hope, and uh, it's just been a blessing these last 42 years, and I'm praying that, um, Brother, also have at least 15 more years. That's what I'm praying for. God gave me a verse this morning. I'll share it with you later. But I'm praying God will raise him up and give him 15 more years at least to, for the furtherance of the gospel and for his glory. But right now, uh, there's a lot of people that are looking down. But at 5 o'clock, we're going to pray sores out of that pl plateau. So please join us. All right, let's stand on the Word of God. We will sit with some songs, but we will uh, stand when the Word of God is read. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, never rained before, uh, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. That was a great song. By which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. You may be seated as I preach on Noah, total faith, or unsinkable faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful song service. Uh, God, the time we have together and just uh, 
to exhort each other just by uh, being here and, and, and uh, praying for each other. We do pray for those that are in need. We pray to God for Sister Wanell and others, God, that I know uh, would love to be in their church this morning, but they're very sick. And I pray that you'd just comfort and help them and heal them. Uh, God be with uh, all those that's uh, been through this storm, that they would be closer and have more faith in God. Lord, as the disciples prayed, increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we go down the hall sometimes and we say this, and sometimes uh, Brother Holmes was convinced that we really didn't mean what we said. We say, how are you feeling? And, you know, we don't even listen for the answer because we really don't care. But I want to tell you something. There's a better question that we ought to, and I'm, some of you do care. A lot of people care. But the, the best question you could ever ask a person is, how are you faithing? How are you living by faith? We can't live by feelings. We must live by faith. But I want to tell you something, faith has a lot of feelings to it. And I want to prove to you that this faith is total faith. It's um, not just feelings. It, you know, it's, 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 it's deeper than that. It's faith that moves your life to fear God. Um, you know, it's amazing that amateurs uh, built the ark and professionals built the Titanic. And I want to tell you the difference in that. God was on the ark. The Titanic people were shaking their fists saying, you can't, God, you can't even sink this, this. And I'm trusting in my riches. And the richest people in the world went down in that ship. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to be in the ship of salvation. We need to be in the ship of dependence and submission. And we need to realize that we're safe in the hands of God in these last days. I want you to see, first of all, his faith involved the whole person. His faith involved the whole person. Uh, folks, I'm going to tell you something. It's much deeper than just intellect, but it does involve the mind. We need to use our minds. How I many think your mind's gone on vacation? Raise your hand. Don't do that. Uh, but, you know, our mind sometimes plays trick on us. And the devil uses the mind. He can get you depressed and obsessed about all this stuff. And I'm not, I refuse to lose the joy of the Lord over all this stuff. We need to rise above, uh, not be uh, careless, but we need to go on and for God and serve him. And it says, by faith, or it says, by faith, Noah being warned, being warned. First of all, I want you to notice it has a lot to do with the mind. God warns of the flood that's coming. And folks, I want to tell you something. He gave instructions what to do. Build an ark. Build a big ship. It has some divine instructions. I love Romans chapter 10, don't you? Verse 17. I'd like to read the whole chapter, but we're going to get out of here by 12 o'clock. I got a truck. But the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Folks, you need to hear the word of God. You need to be instructed by the word of God. And you need to have a word, the words from God, but you also need a word from God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, there's another word. Ephesians 6, 17, there's another word for uh, word here. Uh, it, it, it's rima. It says, and it says, and he came and, uh, let's see. Uh, Ephesians 6, 17, the Bible says this. It says, and, he and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That word means rhema. And folks, what that means is you hear from by the Holy Spirit a word from God. And folks, I want to tell you something. God warns us about uh, just taking His words for granted, but you need to get a word from God. You need to get a leadership of the Holy Spirit. And folks, you need to be revealed. And folks, no matter what happens, 
You need to be instructed by the Word of God. You need to heed to the Word of God. And you need to truly hear the Word of God. My mother, and I've said this often, she'd often say, Kenneth Wayne Cofield, did you hear me? She didn't mean volitionally. She meant, I mean, uh, audibly, she meant volitionally. That, Am I going to do what she says do? And I said, yes, ma'am, I heard you. And I proved it by doing exactly what she demanded. And number two, I see that the true faith is involves emotion. It says next, look at the verse. We're just going to take this one verse and rightly divide it and hopefully not devour it. It says, and he was moved. He says, he warned of God, that's the mind, of the things not seen yet, and moved with fear. Moved with fear. True faith must involve emotions. He was fearful. Folks, faith is a, not a leap in the dark. It's a step in the light. And folks, we need to fear God rather than man. And we need to fear God, and we need to fear uh, and, and, and dread displeasing God. I mean, the dread of your life ought to be, I'll fail God, I'll displease God. And the Bible tells us that we need to be moved as results of our, our faith. We need to be obedient. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. But folks, there's no other way to be holy, and there's no other way to please God. And so faith moves uh, intellectually, but it also moves uh, emotionally, where we fear God. Fear and faith are inseparably linked. Um, uh, fear sees God's power. Fear sees God's holiness. Fear sees God's justice, and we tremble. But it's not just trembling faith. Fear is a sense of, uh, of uh, it's and, and I know that Jason will uh, deal with this tonight, but uh, there's a sense of fear. We ought to fear electricity and not touch it on both circuits, white and black, right? You want to, don't touch the same time, amen? I've done that several times. Now I have a tester that somebody gave me for my birthday several years back, so I'd have some more birthdays. But I want to tell you something, there's a spirit of fear too. That means you're an electrician, you won't ever go to work because you're afraid you're going to die when you, when you work with electricity. That's a spirit of fear, little is. That's just you're possessed by it. I refuse to be that. But folks, there ought to be a sense of fear, and that means that we tremble, and we, we not only tremble, but we have... Uh, uh, obedient faith. Uh, folks, I want to tell you something. Faith must grip the heart as well as enlighten the mind. I'm glad we're not just robots here listening to the Word of God and just being doctrinally faithful. We need to be spiritually faithful. I mean, we need to be moved in our soul. And folks, we need to realize that uh, uh, this, is, this is the day that we should trust God and not just trust our emotions, but we ought to be moved with fear. We ought to be moved with fear. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. But I want to show you something else about the fear of God. And that means that you reverence God. You know God's right. You know God's still on the throne. You know when God says he's going to judge this world, you better believe it. And Noah said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, but I'm also fearing you because I respect your word. I respect what you're telling me. And he moved to the building of the ark and the saving, most important of all, of his home. But I want you to look at Proverbs 16, 6. Wonderful verse. I love it. I love them all. I love this one. Proverbs 16, 6 says this. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. That crowd on the street, they don't fear God. 
Uh, they don't fear any res or respect any authority. And I know there's bad apples and, and prosecute them, put them in jail, whatever it is. Uh, you know, uh, but you don't hold that against everybody. And you don't just use it as an excuse. You know, violent people look for excuse just to unleash on people. But compassionate people look for excuse to love people. Amen? We ought to be loving as a nation. We ought to be having prayer meetings instead of riots. What happened prayer meetings? Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. Starbucks didn't deserve to be uh, uh, vandalized and robbed and burnt to the ground in St. Louis. I mean, what did that guy have to do with, with uh, New York City, uh, Minneapolis or whatever? And so, folks, listen, we live in a terrible day, and the, the Lord says we're going to judge, but the, the thing is we need to fear God. Look at Proverbs 14, 26. Don't get me started in Proverbs. We'll be here the rest of the day. I love Proverbs, don't you? Proverbs 14 and verse 26, the Bible says this, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Amen. And his children shall have a place of refuge. Hey, the greatest thing you can do, and I'll get to this in just a minute, the greatest thing you can do for your children is have an atmosphere of the fear of the Lord. Not the fear of man, not even the fear of the virus, the fear of the Lord. Not the fear of the government. Not the fear you're not going to get to do what you want to do. Folks, it's the fear of the Lord. You respect God. You lift up God. There was a judgment of rain. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, it had never rained, and it was like a greenhouse. It was like a, a, the, it was, it was evaporation that kept this world uh, fertile. And boy, by the way, people lived a whole lot longer then. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But folks, the neighbors laughed. They said that boat won't float. But he kept on hammering, kept on building. Why? Because he was moved by faith. Folks, faith affects the mind. Faith affects the, the uh, emotion. But let's, let's look back in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 again. And it says, and, and prepared an ark. Faith, faith touches the will. I'm talking about the whole person now, mind, emotions, and will. Folks, faith informs the mind, stirs the heart, but motivates the will. Let me repeat that. Faith informs the mind, directs the mind, <clears throat> instructs the mind, stirs the heart. We ought to get stirred up, but also motivates the will. Folks, faith without works is dead being long. The first message I ever preached, 1972, I scared to death. I thought the choir was giving me uh, some applause, but it was my knees knocking together. And I preached on faith without works is dead, being alone. And I knew I had to preach that message because I, I, I said there is no way I'm qualified as a shy, introverted, son of a drunk, nervous, stuttering uh, uh, young man to be able to preach. I said, I've got to do this by faith. I've got to do this by faith. And I'll tell you something. In James chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says this, uh, and I want you to see it, and it's the most misunderstood passage in the Bible, I think. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, and the devils also believe and tremble. They have emotional faith. The devil does. It's not enough. You must have volitional faith. You must... Give your will to God. You must obey God. And folks, it says, Thou will know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. 
Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Work without faith is presumption. And faith without works is pretense. But faith and works is powerful. It's just powerful. Just obey God. Just keep on obeying God. And no obey God in spite of circumstances. Nobody else is building an ark. But, uh, <clears throat> and no matter about consequences. <clears throat> For 120 years he preached not one convert. Boy, that would have been discouraging. Amen, Brother Kevin. i got to have at least some kind of response. If y'all just walk out, it's better than just sitting there. Amen? No, don't do that. Uh, walk to the altar and pray. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we live by response, and this has really knocked that out of me since I've been preaching to uh, the camera lately. But I want to tell you something. Noah was involved in his whole person, his mind, his heart, and his will, and he obeyed God. Then second of all, Noah's faith influenced his whole family. Now here's where it gets good. Look at verse 7. It says, and the, uh, to the saving of his house. Let me read the whole verse. By faith Noah, being warned of God, of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Folks, I want you to know faith will move and touch your whole house, your whole home, better than your house. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's not... Uh, uh, it's a shame today that many children are being lost to the world and the devil because they have parents that have only intellectual doctrinal faith. They believe the Bible, but it's, it, it's, it doesn't touch their will. It doesn't touch their emotions. And there's uh, no practical faith living. There's no obeying. And parents, folks, children can see the difference. If you don't walk the walk, they're not going to walk the walk. And I want to tell you something, folks. You're the greatest example of faith that they could ever see as daddy and mama. And we need to live by faith, not by our feelings. We need to live by faith, not the focus of this world. And folks, it says in his household. <clears throat> you would not believe how many times that word's mentioned in the book of Acts. Let me just give you a couple of them. In Acts chapter 11, look at verse 13 and 14. Acts chapter 11, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says this. In Acts 11, turn with me there, verse 13. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in the house, his house, which stood and said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Amen. What a message. And your household. Um, Acts chapter 18 Verse 8, turn there with me. Acts chapter 8, don't you love the Word of God? Acts chapter 18, verse 8, please. Acts 18, 8. Let's look at the Word. It says, In Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. What a blessing, all his house. Acts chapter 16, you know the story of the Philippian... Jailer, he he uh, he got saved, and 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 uh, they Paul and Silas promised him this in verse uh, fourteen, Acts sixteen fourteen. Look at it, <clears throat> Acts sixteen fourteen. The Bible says, um, in verse fifteen, it says, "And a certain woman named Lydia, the seller of purple, the city of Thyatira, with worship God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened." And she attended in the things which were spoken to Paul. And when she had baptized and her household. 
Here's a seller of purple, demon-possessed woman, and besought us, saying, If you have judged me, be faithful to the Lord, uh, come into his house and abide there. And she constrained us. Then, then in verse 31, the Philippian jailer, they said unto him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Isn't it great to know that your children have a hope to get saved when you live it and you walk by faith? And folks, I'm going to tell you, there's three questions that summarize this whole family thing. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord said, Where are you? Where art thou? In Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, uh, the Bible says that God said, Where's your brother? And then in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9, God says, where's your wife? Where's your wife? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Faith in the home is precious. And Noah saved his whole family by faith. Men of God, if there's anything you ought to be, you ought to be a man of faith. You ought to live by faith. You ought to live by faith no matter what. You ought to get in the Word every day. You ought to study the Word of God. You ought to meditate the Word of God. You ought to get stirred up about not just the Braves or the Falcons. You ought to get stirred up about God and Him coming and, and stirred up about righteousness and living for God. Faith is not transferable, but it's contagious. Now, we've been, we've been using that word a lot lately. And the more I'm studying, the more my family gets hit with it, and more uh, uh, whole churches are shut down, this thing is contagious. You might not think it's contagious. If you get it, you'll know it's contagious. But I want to tell you something that's, that's just as contagious. Your faith. Your faith. Folks, I want to tell you, your, your, your kids will catch your faith more than they'll be taught your faith. They'll see you in your Bible. They'll see you coming to church. They'll see you coming when you don't feel good. Now, stay home if you don't feel good now. But I'm just saying, they'll see you. They'll see your faithfulness. They'll see you in season, out of season. They'll see your attitude. They'll see your disposition. They'll see your submissiveness to the spiritual authority. They will see it, and they will know that there is a God that says, Thus saith the Lord. Amen? And folks, that's good for kids. And so there's a contrast in the Bible of Noah and Lot. Noah trusted God and walked with God, obeyed God, built the ark, and his whole family was saved. But you think about Lot for a second. He lost his wife. He lost his daughters. He lost his influence. They mocked him. Folks, listen, he had incest with his own uh, uh, girls. And he was saved, the Bible says in 1 Peter, that it vexed his soul. He was saved, but he was backslidden. And uh, out of that incestuous relationship, the Ammonites and the Moabites were born. And it's a, Israel's worst enemies for generations. Lot's Compromised, destroyed his family. But Noah's conviction and consecration saved his family. Oh, the first thing you ought to do when you have a family is dedicate them to the Lord. But in actuality, you're dedicating yourself to live by faith. And three sons of Noah, they became the founders of the nations of the world. Lot's family was another case. Our faith involves our total person. Mind, heart, will. But it influences our total family, and that is worth it. Believing mamas and daddies have a priceless privilege to influence their children to live by faith. To live by faith. 
And then third of all, I want you to notice that Noah's faith indicted the whole world. I'm talking about total faith. Total, total faith. Total personal being, total family. But then it's even broader. It says, by the which he condemned, look at verse 7, by the which he condemned the world. Folks, by which he condemned Noah's walk, Noah's work, Noah's witness, all by faith now, <clears throat> condemned the society around him. And that side, he was banging at the door saying, let us in. And God shut the door. It was too late. And for 120 years, they could have believed. He preached righteousness. Not his self-righteousness, but God's righteousness. And folks, the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 37, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Folks, you want to see this pestilence? That's what virus is. Pandemic virus. Pestilence. You want, to, you want to think about violence? Folks, if there's ever a time that we ought to be at peace with others and praying for others, this today in our country is in chaos. I'd hate to be a policeman at this time, Brother Mark. Oh, my word. I don't know if I could do it. Brother Blaine shared with me in the prayer meeting last night that he was a little nervous about going to Atlanta as a firefighter because they're called to do all this riot control too. It is nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. I want to pray for our first responders. But folks, I want you to know that Noah's faith pointed out to the society that you're careless. Uh, there was nothing wrong with the eating and uh, getting married, Matthew 24, 38. They were eating and drinking and being merry in the last days. While the ark was being built, they were partying. They were trying to raise their family and go to the little league games, and there's nothing wrong with that if you don't put it before God. And they were trying to, you know, do this and do that. And folks, complacency and carelessness caused them not to go into the ark. And then ignorance. They just didn't understand. But I'll tell you something, folks. The Bible says in, in um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, through faith we understand. You know what I understand? God's always right. God's always on time, and what God says, you better believe it, and you better conform to it, because it's God's Word. Amen? Let's lift up God today. Let's lift up His Word today. And folks, he, his, um, his faith condemned their carelessness, condemned their ignorance, but also condemned their unbelieving. Noah's faith condemned their unbelief. Noah preached, preached 120 years. And they said, what is rain? What is a flood? We've never seen that. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. You better let God define some things that you've never seen because you might see it. I never thought we'd see this year like it is. This has been a nightmare. To the lost, it's been a real nightmare. To the person that hasn't got the Lord, it's been depressing. I mean, totally depressing. People have committed suicide over this virus. People went broke. People lost their businesses. It's been, a, it's been a horrendous year. But I want to tell you something. Our theme is still on the, on, the, on the banner, if we had one, a greater vision of God. A greater vision of God. Through all this chaos and all this violence and all this sickness and all this fear and all this uh, virus, which is real, our faith should involve our total person, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our faith to be affecting our total family. And our faith ought to be a witness. 
to a world that is totally falling apart, that God is still on the throne, and I'm not going to lose my composure over it. I'm not going to lose my faithfulness. I'm not going to lose my consistency. I'm going to live for God and love others. Don't you lose your compassion. It's easy to choose sides and get angry. And then third of all, his faith indicted the whole world. Yes, his faith indicted the whole world. And folks, I want you to know that uh, his faith was a rebuke to their pride, their self-confidence. They were saying, really, I'll save myself. I'll build my own ark. But folks, there's no ark like the ark of salvation. Amen? And folks, I want you to know this. There was not one convert, but his family was saved. And Noah was not the judge or the prosecuting attorney. He was a witness. He was crying. He was a voice in the wilderness saying, repent, like John the Baptist. And folks, his witness could have been life-changing. Folks, he had visible, victorious faith that condemned, but it should convict the world. I want to ask you a question. Is your faith convicting to a lost and dying world? Are you falling apart with them? You going with the flow with them? You're getting out of church with them. You know, some people are looking for an excuse not to come. We ought to look for an excuse to get back to church. And I'm talking to all you here and all you that's listening. Thank God for all of you listening. Thank the Lord for that. But I want to tell you something, friend. We cannot afford to lose faith in these times. We ought to have more faith. God said he'd judge this world, didn't he? Well, this might be the first part of it. God did say he was coming, didn't he? Well, this might just be the prelude to it, amen? I believe it is. We must believe God. And the whole world can fall apart, but I'll tell you, they can fall on their knees too and say, hey, there is a living God because I see it in that person's faith. And then fourthly, and lastly, I see his faith inherited the whole blessing. Look at verse seven, last phrase. He became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith. Heirs of the righteousness. You know what heirs means? You can't earn it. Somebody gives it to you. And somebody pays for it. Say amen. And folks, by faith you can be saved this morning. By faith you can be an heir. Being an heir to the blessing of God. God rewards them that diligently believe in him and diligently seek him. We're heirs of what? Look at the verse. Righteousness. It's imputed righteousness. It's a faith in God that realized he took your sin and praise God we can take his righteousness. I can never figure that out. Praise God I'm glad by grace I'm saved. Look back at Genesis chapter 6. You never thought I'd get back there, did you? But I just want to give you the background of it in closing. Genesis chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse 8 and 9. These are two great verses in the midst of judgment. In the midst of a whole generation of not believing and mocking at Noah, making fun of the old-fashioned preacher. You preach the Word of God, you're going to be an oddity, not a celebrity, like a lot of people try to make preaching. The Bible says, but Noah found grace. Now, folks, but Noah found grace means... If you'll back up to verse 5, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth. I think the wickedness of man is great on this earth right now. And it says that every, 
It says that every imagination of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil continually. Verse 5, Genesis 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. That's pretty bad when the Lord said, I don't even know if I should have made these people. They're going to act like heathens. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of this earth, both man and beast and creeping things, and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen? These are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Amen? I mean, the whole world's going to hell, and he's walking with God. That's right. The whole world's banging at the door after shut on the ark, wanting in, and their works couldn't get them in there, and their works ain't going to get them there now. They had to come in by the grace of God and by faith in God. And that's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 tells you how you can activate that grace, enjoy that grace, receive that grace. Noah being warned of God, what? He was moved and prepared, and he saved his home, and, and, and he, he became righteous heir Look at the last three words, four words, which is by, what's the last word? Faith. There it is. Faith. Thank God. Faith makes the difference. Faith is the victory. Faith, by faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, we're saved. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says Jesus is the heirs of all things. He's the heir of all things. But in Hebrew, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says we're joint heirs. Now get that. Jesus is heir to all things. It means he owns it all. But then the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, we're joint heirs. Joint heirs with Christ. Folks, the salvation of Noah and his family was much more than just being uh, temporally uh, spared from a, a flood. He was delivered to much more than that to eternal life, to spiritual blessings, riches beyond comprehension. Oh, folks, let me close with this saying this. Noah received the riches of his grace, the riches of his glory, the depths and riches both of wisdom and knowledge of God. And as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, the unsearchable riches of he received much more than safety from a flood. He received the Lord. And by faith, you can have a walk with God, eternal life. And it's all by faith. So faith, Noah's faith was total faith. Total. It affected his total being, mind, will, and emotion. It affected his total family. It affected his... Um, his whole world. He condemned the world. He convicted the world. And thank God, the total blessing. He was heirs of the righteousness which is by faith. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I believe the Lord could come back today. Are you in? Are you safe in the ark of salvation? If you're not, 
Be very sure. Be very sure. And get saved. And then if you're saved, walk it. Obey it. Feel it. Rejoice. By faith sometimes. Sometimes I smile by faith. Some of y'all are smiling by faith. I can't see your faces, but I know you're smiling by faith. And I'm just rejoicing in the Lord today. But see, God allowed me to get out of bed this morning. And God allowed me to go brush my teeth, and I rejoiced that I had teeth. But I rejoiced I had life. And I rejoiced that no nurse was brushing my teeth in an ICU bed. I could breathe on my own. I didn't need a machine. And I'm not saying I'm any better than Brother Austin at all. I don't know why things happen. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to go to bed tonight determined to live by faith and rejoice in the Lord for all His blessings. And the greatest blessing of all, in 1964, on a Sunday night, your birthday, brother. You weren't born in 1964. I got saved. I heard a message on the judgment of hell. And I walked out as a 12-year-old little boy. And I trusted the Lord as my Savior. And I just didn't get spared from hell, but I did. Because that was the message. I got in the ark. <laughs> I, I got in the blessings of God. I got in the purpose of glorifying Him and being a preacher, and being a servant of God, to do something for eternity, to be a good daddy, to be a good granddaddy, to be a good husband. I just got in. And if you're not in, I don't want you to enter religion this morning. That's the religion of Cain. I want you to enter the ark. That's the total faith that you need. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this privilege. I've often stood here, probably 8,000 times, preached or taught in this church. And I've taken it for granted, and I'm sorry. And Lord, I know there's some good things that's come out of this virus. You say, what in the world could ever come out of this virus that's good? I'll tell you what's good. It's good not to take you for granted. And it's good not to take life for granted. Lord, it sure is good not to take each other for granted, to love each other, to care for each other, to say nice things to each other, to encourage one another. It sure is good. And Lord, when things are good, sometimes we don't do it. Lord, we have to be crushed to our knees and broken to realize how blessed we are and how wonderful it is to know you and your love have a sweet family, have peace in our heart, have joy in our soul, because by faith we believe that the rapture trumpet will sound any minute. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord, give us faith. Increase our faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I said I'd get you out of here at 12 o'clock, and it said, but we're not on the clock you that right now but in times like these you need a savior and you also need a lord of your life 
Young people, let me exhort you. We've got a lot of young people here tonight, this morning. Submit to God now. Let Him lead you in every decision. And you will be happy and blessed the rest of your life. You'll do that day by day. But how many say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. If I died today, I know I'm in the ark. The judgment comes upon this earth. And I think it's already started in, in essence. It's, it's, it's waking us up, this pandemic. The whole world's been halted by the hand of God. He's allowed it. You can say China started, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. He's allowed it for a reason. And I don't want to miss that reason. I don't want to miss his point. I don't want to miss getting closer to God. I don't want to miss it. But you'd say, preacher, I know I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony all over this place now? Nobody looking. Nobody looking. I know I'm saved. I didn't ask you as a member of the church. Everybody in Dalton's a member of the church. I mean, glad you're saved. Say amen. I'm so glad. Several could not raise your hand. And I'm not going to point you out, but I'm going to do the most I could ever do for you as a preacher or as a man of God. I'm going to pray for you. You'd say, preacher, Right now, I'm not absolutely sure. And I need to be sure because there's a lot of my friends dying. A lot of people in this world dying. And I'm not ready. And I believe your message that the Lord could come back. The trumpet could sound. And I, would, I wouldn't be gone. I'd be left here for the tribulation. I don't want to be left by it. You'd say, preacher, please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down? Anyone? Just slip it up then back down. And I'll do the most I could ever do for you, friend. I'll pray for you. Anyone? God bless you. I appreciate the way you listen. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I'm just not absolutely sure I'm saved. But I sure would like to know. I'd like to be in the ark. And if it's by grace, I want, I want God to give me grace to believe. Anyone else? Real quick. I'm going to linger long. It'd be worth it all if somebody gets saved. Anyone else? How many say, Preacher, I'm saved, but my testimony is not one of living by faith. My testimony is not a total faith. I want my emotions, I, and there's nothing wrong being emotional this time. I've lost it too. We've all been, been concerned. We've all been up and down during this time. It's been a wild time. But I'm talking about, folks, I want my faith to take over when I want to lose it or fall apart or get angry, or resign. I just want, I want God's faith to take over. And you'd say, Preacher, I want to increase my faith during this horrendous time. And I want you to pray for me that I live by faith, work by faith, and witness by faith. And you'd raise your hand for more faith this morning. It's all over this place. i got to raise mine. I want to live by faith, don't you? I want, I want to be like Noah. I just want to have faith that affects everything. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the one that raised their hand to be saved. And I thank you for their honesty, their openness, their courage to realize and admit where they're at. And I pray right now that they'll decide they're not going to go another day without you. But they'll trust you this morning at this altar and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Lord, I pray for all of us Christians that we'd be a good testimony and witness to these people that are lost in our neighborhood on our job, in our school, wherever we might go, they would say, that's a lady of faith, that's a man of faith. God, increase our faith. So Lord, save this soul this morning. Help them to come and let us show them in the Bible 
how to be saved. We'll praise you and thank you for what you do in his life. In Jesus' name, amen.